Peace be with you, brothers and sisters. Can you greet the person next to you? Hotaki, good morning. It's a joy for me to worship God with you this morning. And so let us now prepare our hearts. And then I pananisim na king paitu. Good morning. We begin today's worship with a song we've sung countless of times, Here I Am to Worship. So when Tim Hughes, British songwriter Tim Hughes, wrote Here I Am to Worship in 1999, he was inspired after reading Philippians 2, how Jesus willingly left his throne, came to earth, and sacrificed himself because of his love for us. Though he was in the form of God, He did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped. This morning, ask yourself, why are you really here? Are you just used to coming here every Sunday? Did someone drag you? Um, Is the last thing on your mind to worship God on a Sunday morning? Admittedly, that is how I feel most Sundays. But the problem is that our first song says, here I am to worship. Eugene Peterson paraphrased Psalm 63 in this way. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God, traveling across dry and weary deserts. Is our hunger and thirst for God like this this morning? In your generous love, I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains. I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, ready to drink in your strength and glory. Join us as we worship this morning.
上帝，阮要恩地举起阮的手，因为无上啊亲手地。当咱要唱衰落去这首诗的时阵，我爱邀请咱大家三甲来敬拜俄罗斯的上帝，因为无上啊亲手咱的上帝，只有伊是值得咱最贵的敬拜甲俄罗斯。有谁能像？照你心想，你创造了我，有谁能像你？哦，主，他能眷恋我，能全来敬拜你，高举双手，真的。
Let us come before the Lord in prayer. Indeed, who can compare with you? The great I am, who was and is and is to come. Who can compare with your majesty and power? Who can compare with your wisdom and your ways? Who is there like you? Who is there like you in compassion and mercy? Who is there like you in goodness and grace? There is none like you, for there is none besides you. Who is there in heaven or on earth who can do such mighty acts and glorious deeds as yours? Who can speak all there is into being? Who can command the stars and the galaxies? Who can lift up the weak? Who can heal the sick? Who can set free those in bondage? Who judges with holiness in all that he does? Who listens to the tears that are shed in private? Who has a purpose and a plan for each one of our of us? Who is there who loves us like you do? Who is there who loves us so much that he gave his only son? Who is able to make sin as though they are no more? Who is it that can make our soul whiter than snow? It is you alone, the light of the world, who stepped down into darkness. Therefore, it is an honor O Lord, to stand before you, much more to worship you. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me into his family as his child? Who we are today is because of who you are. So here we are to worship you in your sanctuary. Here we are to bow down in your presence. Here we are to say that you are God alone. Father, as we come this morning, we ask for your leading upon your church. Since without you, we cannot do anything. May your spirit make us wise. May your spirit guide us. Renew us. May your spirit strengthen us so that we will be strong in our faith, discerning in our proclamation, courageous in our witness, and persistent in all our good deeds. God, may you help your church body to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have given us. Help us in all our interactions with one another to have humble and gentle hearts. Grant us patience to bear with one another in love. Grant the body of Christ unity of spirit. And may we walk humbly before you, 
allowing you to show us our wrongs and give us the humility to repent and turn from our ways. We trust you to grant healing mercies, to restore wholeness in both physical body and spirit of all our members and loved ones who are sick. We remember the father of Pastor Phoebe. We remember Reverend Julius. We remember Sister Betty Uy. We remember the brother of Sister Euphemia. We remember those with long-term illnesses who cannot be in our midst today. Yukon Hia, Bigyokchi, Rudy Hia, Adele Achi, Ben Hia, Rosita Achi, Gimyong Chi. Father, may you, who is seated on your throne, the, one, the only one who sees our hearts, may you examine each one right now. May you give you what you deserve. For if an earthly president would be here this morning, I know everyone would be so attentive. No one would be distracted by cell phones or other gadgets. How much more do you deserve it as King of Kings? If we can only truly grasp who we are standing before, if we can only grasp the one beyond any compare, beyond any comparison, then we would worship you this morning with true heart. So may your name be praised. May you be pleased by everything you see and hear as you sit on your throne and looks upon us. Bless your speaker. Anoint him for the task you have for him this morning. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Our guest speaker this morning is, has also been our anniversary speaker uh, last year. He has given up a successful career as a journalist with the Media Corporation of Singapore in order to serve God as a missionary. After spending seven years in northern India and nine years in Africa, he returned to Singapore in 2020 to serve as a regional director of Sim East Asia. During his time in Zambia and Malawi, he focused on discipleship and mobilizing the African churches for world missions, even raising up missionaries to reach countries like Mozambique. Prior to his ministry in Africa, he served as SIM Singapore National Director and Executive News Editor. He holds three masteral degrees, one in English language, another in comparative literature, and a third in theological studies. He has also been serving as an international faculty of Haggai Institute. He is married. His wife is happy. And they are blessed with two lovely children. Let us now give a warm and make welcome to Dr. Watson Rajaratnam.
ดีเข้ามาชาวอัน These are the only two words I know in Mandarin, and I know also know Mayvanti. No problem. Thank you for this invitation that you have given me again to come to New Millennium Evangelical Church and to worship along with you. It's uh, my pleasure and my joy to be here with you this morning. Thank you, and may the Lord be glorified. And let's look unto God in prayer, that God may speak to me and to each one of us. Our gracious heavenly Father, we praise and thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for giving us life, good health, and the opportunity to come to your holy sanctuary to worship you this morning. We know that you love you love us more than anyone else, and you are the one. Who has been keeping us alive? Thank you for this morning that we can worship you in spirit and truth, and thank you for this morning that we can come and meditate upon your word. Minister to me and minister to each one of us that we can know you and make you known to people who are living and dying without knowing Christ. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. I am very happy to know that the theme of New Millennium Evangelical Church for 2023 is knowing God and making Him known. When Pastor gave me this topic, I was so thrilled because nothing makes God happy than we, as His children, trying to know Him and make Him known. And so I took that as my theme. But I made one slight change. That is knowing God before making Him known. It means the same, but I just replace the word, use the word before. Without knowing God, we cannot make Him known. If I want to make Jesus known, at the age of 15, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, and I started knowing Him. And I am still knowing Him, but I have not succeeded in knowing Him completely. Day by day, I begin to increase my understanding of my Lord, and that is helping me to lead my life as His child. So this morning, I want to focus on knowing God before making Him known. Under that, I want to deal with five important points. Number one: problems and challenges in life. Preventing us from knowing Him, proper understanding of who God is. Number three, priorities must be set right. Number four, perfect agenda in our lives and provisions are guaranteed. Number one, every child of God, whether you are rich or poor, whether you are a Filipino or you're a Singaporean or you're an Indian, whoever you are. You will have problems in life because we are in a fallen world. Problems and challenges in life are very common to everyone. How we manage our problems and how we handle them is the biggest question. Probably some of us have started 2023 with huge problems and challenges in our lives, 
probably in your business, in your personal life, in your family lives. And probably you are in a situation where you do not know how to handle them in your lives. And you are very much struggling. And not only that, some of us are probably starting this year with a sense of guilt. With a sense of guilt over the mistakes that we have done in the past. 2022-2021, it was a very tough time for the whole world when we were going through a difficult time during the pandemic times. And probably the decisions that we made were wrong. And because of that, you feel guilty that you have made some mistakes. Or sometimes you are living with a sense of failure. You are gripped by the thought that you are a failure as you have not achieved in life what all others have achieved or what you wanted to achieve. And a sense of failure always troubles you and you are sitting this morning in this service with a sense of failure that you have not been successful in your life. Or probably you are struggling with your identity. You know, when you have a, a damaged identity of yourself, you may not be able to move forward and live a good life in 2023. Probably you have a very poor self-esteem of yourself. When compared to others, you feel that you are not as successful they are. Because of some so-called failures in your life in the past, you have lost the confidence to handle the challenges that you are going to encounter this year. That can be an obstacle for you to move forward in life. Or you are gripped by a sense of inferiority complex. You are always troubled by the feelings of inadequacy and insecurity. You may experience self-doubt, sense of doubt in you, and a sense of low self-esteem, and feel the need to withdraw from groups. You don't want to be with anyone. You don't want to face crowds. Probably you, are, you don't want to come to church even to face many people because of this insecurity and a sense of inferiority complex. My dear brothers, sometimes you may feel that you are a second class Christian. You are not first class because you are not as successful as many other people. You feel very low in your spirit and sometimes when you come to church, you are not able to even worship God. After the pandemic, many people have turned and they have come back to church but you are still sticking to your home, not being able to come out of your own closet. You feel that you are a second class Christian, second class member, even in New Millennium Evangelical Church, because many here are more successful than you. And not only that, you are probably gripped with the fear of the future. The last two years have been very bad. Probably 2023 is also going to be bad. And you are gripped by a sense of fear. How am I going to run my business? How am I going to run my family? How am I going to be successful in my academic career? In my profession? A sense of fear of the future. Probably you are in that state. And you are frightened. As if you are surrounded by people asking. When people ask, how are you? What are you doing? How successful you are in your business? You, you, don't, you, are, you don't have any answer. So you, you have a fear of even encountering people. And you are struck by a sense of failure. My dear brothers, are you that person? Are you that person we, who is gripped by all these challenges that you find many obstacles right in front of you, not knowing how 2023 is going to be? And you're worried 
and you're so sad. And this morning, if you are that person, if you are going through that difficult situation, if you have many questions in your mind without any answers, I'm sure the Lord has a word for you this morning. Am I sometimes gripped with fear? Yes. Do I sometimes feel that I am a failure? Yes, I felt that way. And I can understand whoever has gone through that. There was a time when I wanted to commit suicide and die. And that because I, had a, I was gripped by a sense of failure. There are times when I'm disappointed, discouraged. My dear brothers, what makes me to move forward and live? It's because of a proper understanding of who God is. My dear brothers, and the passage that I've taken this morning is from Matthew chapter 6. And Matthew 5, 6 and 7, that's the most read passages passage in the whole New Testament. Someone said like that. But that is the least understood passage and that is the least obeyed passage by Christians all over the world. It's Many people know that passage, but many people have not understood and many have not obeyed. This morning God is calling us to obey his word. And the first thing that you and I to need to do is to have a proper understanding of who God is. In Matthew chapter 6 verse 26, God is a father who watches over us. Jesus looked at his disciples and said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns them. You know, children do not worry about their next meal. No child is worried whether he will get or she will get the next morning's breakfast or lunch. You know why? Because they know that their father and mother will definitely feed them. Even if they do not have food, the parents will feed their children. That's the confidence. My dear brothers, we as children of God, we forget that our father in heaven is watching over us and he will never let us go without meeting our needs. But the devil tells you, even God has forsaken you. And that's a lie. We cannot believe the devil, but we can believe a real God who is promising that he is our father and he knows what we are going through. Verse 26, what does he do? The heavenly father feeds them. He not only watches over us, but he feeds us. My dear brothers, he who has kept you alive all these years, when many times many people in different parts of the world have lived without food and they've gone hung hungry, you and I in Philippines, you have been fed by your God. He has been taking care of all your physical needs because he watches over you and he feeds you too. Look at verse 36, 30, verse 30. God is a father who clothes you. You know, sometimes when people want to come to church, they think the whole night what to wear next day to the church. I'm not sure whether you are one of them. But let me tell you, it is God who clothes us. That is how God clothes the, 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 those, the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith, my dear brothers, he has watched over us and he has been feeding us and he has been clothing us all these years. And in verse 32, who is this father? He's the father who knows what you need. 
For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. You know, you may not know what you need tomorrow. You may not know what is the problem that is waiting for you tomorrow, but my father knows, your father knows, and he will take care of everything that you need to face those problems. So my dear brothers, if Jesus is your father, remember he knows your needs more than you knowing about your own needs. Jesus knows our circumstances better than we do. He says, we must not think about these things to the point that they become our primary concern, forgetting that there is a father there who will take care of all our needs. Should I not? You know, when you doubt and be, and you're, and if you worry too much, that means you are not trusting God. You are singing that you will believe in him. You're singing that you are special to him, but you're not trusting in God. So my dear brothers, this morning, God wants you and me to have the proper, right understanding of himself. We should not be like the people of the world. And one of the problems of many Christians is misplaced worry and fear. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Are you worried? God is telling you and me, do not be worried. We worry when our relationship with our father is not right. Or when we think that we know about our needs better than our Father in heaven, then we begin to worry. But what is the use of worrying? Worrying is not going to solve your problem. But knowing the God who can take care of your worries can solve your problem. My dear brothers, I'm encouraged this morning. I stand before you speaking these words as a man who can be worried more than any one of you. I'm telling you, so much of concerns are there surrounding me because of my role in mission. But I can stand before you and say, I need not be worried because I know my father knows my problems better than anyone else. Even my wife may not know. My children may not know. But my God knows. My father in heaven knows. So I do not want to have misplaced worry or fear about my future. And not only that, verse 29. Can any one of you by worrying... Add a single hour to your life. There is no use of worrying, my dear brothers and sisters, but there is use in looking at him, believing that he will take care of your needs. No use of worrying. Verse 31. So do not worry. Again, he says, do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? We don't need to worry. Our father, he says, it's not I, Watson, telling you do not worry. It's the God whom you have come to worship this morning, looking at you and saying at the beginning of the year of 2023, do not worry about what you will eat, how you will run your business, what will happen to your children, their future, their education, your health. Some of us are gripped by the fear of health, health issues. My dear brothers, God says, do not worry. Don't worry about anything. So, fear and worries are misplaced sometimes. Verse 34, the first part. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Because I do not know my tomorrow, but my God knows what is there for me in store tomorrow. Verse 34, second part. For tomorrow will worry about itself. What an encouragement. My dear brothers, Christians are the people who can be surrounded by worries but need not worry at all because there is a God 
who takes care of all their worries. In Luke's gospel, chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus says, Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He is pleased to give you the kingdom. Why are you worried about the earthly things? You know, what is worry? According to Winston Peel, worry is a destructive process of occupying the mind with thoughts contrary to God's love and care. You know, when you begin to worry, when you begin to question many things in life, you are questioning God's love and care for you. You're questioning God's love and care for you. My dear brothers, we cannot trust any man on this earth. We cannot depend on any human being on this earth. But we can trust and depend on our God because of his love and care for us. How to overcome this misplaced worry and fear? Set your eyes on God and say no to worry. Set your relationship with God right and keep your eyes focused on him and him alone. When problems come, when worries come, when doubts come, when challenges are there, turn to God. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what he's telling me to do. Because I know if I turn to the world, my worries will be double fold. It will increase. If I think about going to bed, thinking about my problem, only problem, I cannot sleep, sleepless nights. But if I turn my eyes to God, fix my eyes on him and see that my relationship with is with right, then I don't need to be worried at all. God gives sleep to those whom he loves. He can, you can have all the problems, but still you can sleep by setting your eyes on him. Thirdly, priorities must be right. You know, we need to know God as our father, and so we don't need to worry. We need to know God as one who wants our priorities to be right. Priorities to be right. A simple test. What you are really, truly seeking in life, to find out what you are really seeking in life, tell me how you spend your time and your money, and I will tell you what you are seeking in life. If you are seeking money, you will spend all your time in making money. Time is nothing, but money is everything for some. But it takes time to make money. My dear brothers, are we just giving priority to making money and things of the world and things like that? Jesus clearly teaches us what should be our priorities. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 33, he says, But, don't worry, but, that but the conjunction says, don't be worried, but do these things. Then he says, first. When he says first, there is second, there is third, and so on. When I looked at the word first, the thought that came to my mind was, I need to set my priorities in life right. My dear brother, show me your calendar and your checkbook and I will know the truth about what you are seeking. Show me your calendar and show me your checkbook and I will know the truth about what you are seeking. Someone said, life is like a dollar bill. You can spend it any way you want to, but you, but, the, but you can spend it only once. There are only two ways we can spend money. We can waste it or invest it. Same is true with life. In life, we cannot waste it. By seeking things of the world like the people of the world. But we need to prioritize things in our lives. Set your priorities right. And that can be summarized in three words. 
first things first what are the first things in our lives misplaced priorities will lead to missing god's blessings in personal life in family life work life and business life so what are the priorities in our lives jesus said seek first what it means top priority number 1 matthew's gospel chapter 2 22 verse 37 Jesus replied love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind god is your top priority whatever i do i do it for my god if our priorities are not right not in proper order our life will not be in proper order my dear brothers do we know how to prioritize what is the number 2 priority in life number 1 is god god is first Jesus does not want a place in our lives he does not want prominence in our lives but he wants preeminence in our lives some people have given place for Jesus on Sundays only monday to saturday we don't think about him at all because we are in the world we are making money and we are doing other things for our earthly life and we forget god on sunday only we remember him oh on sunday i have to go to church rest of the day we forget so that means we are only giving a place a small place one day one hour or one and a half hours on a sunday for god in our lives but god does not want a place in our lives god does not want pre- prominence in our lives but god wants preeminence in our lives he wants the first moments of our lives every morning what did we do this morning when we woke up first thing we take our phone and check our mails What do we do in the this morning we check take the bank checkbook and check up how much money is there is that taking our time my dear brothers god if you are giving him preeminence in your life he wants the first moments of your life he wants the day to begin with worshiping him with reading his word with praying many christians do not read the bible at all many people do not pray at all but they begin to jump into the jobs and responsibilities or checking the mails and whatsapp messages and so on forgetting their god i accepted christ at the age of 15 and now i'm 62 crossing 62 but i've never started a day without my god i praise god for that my dear brothers because god is not just prominent in my life he's preeminent in my life he demands the first day of every week that first day of every week that is sunday on sunday he wants us to be here in this sanctuary not anywhere else he wants the first day of every week to be spent in his house and not only that he wants the first paycheck the first part of our paycheck for him as his offering and tithe god wants to be given he he's the one who has given everything that we have so my dear brothers first priority is god he is preeminent second priority is our family in ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 paul says husbands love your wives just as christ loved the church and gave himself up for her verse 28 in the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself family is the second priority in our lives a minister of god or a servant of god who has sacrificed his family has sacrificed pleasing god he is not he is not pleasing god you know when i am on the last day of my life i will not be thinking how much it would be nice if i had spent more time in the office 
I would not be thinking how much it would be nice if I had spent more time in the ministry. But you know what? I will be worried how much more it would have been nice if I had spent more time with my wife, more time with my children, more time with my parents. My dear brothers, family is our second priority. Are we spending time? Are we spending time? In the midst of my busy schedule, I struggle, but I try to fix time to be with my wife and my children, to have meals with them. Second priority. Third priority is our, our studies, our career, and our ministry. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-control, respectable, hospitable, able to teach. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him. And he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. My dear brothers, we take care of many things outside the home, but we fail at home. We don't fulfill our responsibility. So, family comes second, and then comes ministry and other things. Misplaced priorities will lead to misplaced God's blessings, in missing God's blessings in personal life, in family life, work life, and business life. Paul says, if anyone does not know how to manage his own family, how can he take care of God's church? So God first, family second, ministry, studies, career third. How to overcome the obstacles? Misplaced worry, set your relationship right with God and fix your eyes on God and say no to worry. Second obstacle, misplaced priorities, set your priorities right. God first, family second, ministry and other things, studies third. Fourth point, perfect God-pleasing agenda. Why are we on this earth? Jesus says in Matthew's gospel, chapter 6, verse 33, but seek first his kingdom. Our agenda in life should be to first seek his kingdom. Seeking means actively pursuing. That means going after the things of the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of the world. Being kingdom-minded on the earth, being heavenly minded on the earth. That means in order to seek the kingdom, we must first of all seek the king, seeking the king. The kingdom is not a kingdom without a king. That means we need to seek the king. We need to know God as one who wants us to seek his kingdom. How do we know God as a father who feeds, cares, takes care of all our needs? Not only that, we need to know him as a king who wants to be in control of our lives. My dear brothers, what is the meaning of seeking the kingdom? Seeking the kingdom means seeking the reign of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Paul says, seek the glory of the king. What is seeking the kingdom? What is seeking the king? It is seeking the glory of the king. That means doing everything for God's glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, Paul says, so whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. My preaching here, my visit to Philippines, to this new millennium evangelical church, what for? Is it to project myself? Is to rob his glory and become famous preacher? Is to become a great man who is traveling all over the world? No. It's to glorify him. Why do we worship? Why does the worship team come and lead us in worship? Is, this, is it to show their talents, abilities? Their musical expertise? No. It is to worship God. It is to glorify the king. 
My dear brothers, every moment and minute of your time, every ounce of our strength ought to be spent for the glory of the king. I am here for his glory, not to build my kingdom, not to build my kingdom, all for his glory. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 7, Paul says, for who makes you different from anyone else? If you have properties, if you have wealth, if you have good education, if you have a beautiful wife, if you have a handsome husband, if you have successful children, who gave all these things? God. My dear brothers, who makes you different from anyone else? What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it from God, why do you boast as though you did not? You know, one of my pastor friends, when he was preaching from the pulpit, he had a stroke. Imagine, I preach, I'm preaching now, I have a stroke. And then I fall dead. Can, I, can it happen? Yes, it can happen. It has never happened because of the grace of God. I have two beautiful children because of the grace of God. I've been very successful in my career as a journalist. Praise the Lord. It's all because of the grace of God. I have a beautiful wife because of the grace of God. All by the grace of God. I have a very good ministry. All by the grace of God. My dear brothers, so I need to give him the glory. Give him the glory. So seeking the kingdom of God means seeking the glory of the king. Number two, seeking the kingdom of God means seeking the guidance of the king. That means for everything I seek his mind. I seek his guidance. In Acts of the Apostles chapter five, 9 verse 5, when Paul had an encounter with Jesus on the streets of Damascus, he asked this question, Lord, what would thou have me to do? A loyal citizen of the king will always want to do whatever the king would have him or her to do. Every morning, my dear brothers and sisters, you and I need to come before our God and ask what Paul asked. Lord, what do you want me to do today? What do you don't want me to do today? Seeking the glory of the king. Number one. Number two, seeking the guidance of the king. And number three, seeking the government of the king. Seeking the government of the king. What do you mean by seeking the kingdom of God or seeking the king? It is seeking the government of the king. That means a loyal citizen must be controlled by the king. To be ruled by the king. Can you say that I am ruled not by my wife? I am ruled not by my husband. I am ruled not by my children. I am ruled not by my boss. But I am ruled by my king. He is the one who is in control of what I'm doing. When I choose my life partner, he tells me whom to marry. When I choose what to study, I seek his guidance. He is controlling me. He is guiding me. When I want to migrate, leave Philippines and settle in Canada or in Philippines or any other country or in any part of the world, he is the one who tells me what to do, where to be, whom to marry. My dear brothers, are we seeking his guidance are we being governed by him? Many people do things on their own and they mess up their life and then when they have a problem, they come to the king. My dear brothers, still he is merciful to us. A woman was once deadly sick and she was asked by a neighbor whether she wanted to live or die. What a question to ask a person who is sick. The neighbor asked whether you want to live or die. And the woman who was on a deathbed, she said, I just want whatever pleases God. The neighbor said, 
Well, what if God were to ask you, which would you choose, living or dying? And the woman immediately said, if God were to refer the matter to me, I would just refer the matter back to him. Why? If God wants me to live, I live. If God wants me to die, I die. Paul said in Philippians, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know, once D.L. Moody was traveling in a ship. And when he was traveling in the ship, there was a big storm. And people called D.L. Moody to come and pray that the storm will subside. And D.L. Moody did not go. And the next day, the storm subsided. And the people who were traveling with him came to him and asked him, D.L. Moody, you are a man of God. Why did you not come and pray? And D.L. Moody said, if I had died in the storm, I would meet my sister who has gone ahead of me to heaven. If I am going to be alive, I will meet my sister who is alive in Philadelphia. If I am alive, I will sit, visit my sister who is alive. If I am dead, I will visit my sister who is dead in heaven. To live is Christ. To die is gain. Doing the will of God. My dear brothers, we as Christians who know the King need not be worried about death even. Need not be frightened of dying even. Because... We will never die before God's time. He is in control of our lives. Jesus, in John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 34, He said, my, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. My dear brothers, the greatest liberty in life is to be controlled by the right master. Let me repeat that statement. The greatest freedom and liberty in life is to be controlled by the right master. Who is your master? Who is my master? My master is in heaven. He is in control of my life or death. I don't need to be worried at all. So how to overcome the obstacles? Misplaced worry, set your eyes on God and say no to worry. Obstacle number two, misplaced priorities, set your priorities right. Thirdly, misplaced agenda, seek first the kingdom of God. That means seeking the glory of the king, seeking the guidance of the king, and seeking the government of the king. The second agenda is in life, lead a life of righteousness. Because in Matthew 6 verse 33, God wants us to lead a life of righteousness on this earth. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you. Misplaced moral values. Seeking his righteousness is seeking God's character within us. Because God is righteous, so we need to be righteous also. If God is ruling over us, then his righteousness will be within us. What is righteousness? Righteousness is what is right according to the standard of God as revealed in the Bible. We do what is right according to the scripture. Because a man's character is simply the outward expression of what is controlling him within. My actions, my thoughts, my behavior, my activities all depend on who is controlling me from within. If the righteous God is in control of me, my actions will be also right before God. My dear brothers, he wants us to know him as one who desires a righteous life from us. Misplaced moral values. Jesus instructs that we must seek first to walk in righteousness, seeking God's character within us. If God is ruling over us, then his righteousness and holiness will be within us. We should be walking as men and women who are known for holiness 
purity and righteousness. Character, behavior and outward actions are expressions of what is controlling us within. You know, somebody said like this, faith is always seen by its fruit. We can say, I have trust in God, I have faith in God. But that faith has to be seen by the fruit. Character is always seen by its conduct. We are never going to make a difference until the world sees in us, we Christians, differently. You know, Nietzsche. Nietzsche, the German philosopher, was the founder of the Nazi movement in Germany. He was the first man in history to come to the conclusion that God is dead. He said, God is dead. Do you know why he said God is dead? He came to that conclusion after looking at Christians and Christianity. After looking at Christians and Christianity, he said, God is dead. And people asked him, why are you saying God is dead? He said, if you want me to believe in your Redeemer, you are going to look a little more redeemed. You should behave as a redeemed man. Many Christians are worshipping the Redeemer, but they are not leading a life as if they have been redeemed. Redeemed people, saved people, children of God, True Christians and followers of Christ will reveal Christ's character and Christ's behavior and Christ's conduct. My dear brothers, how are our moral values? How are our moral values? Number one, I'm repeating. Misplaced worry, set your eyes on God and say no to worry. Misplaced priorities, set your priorities right. Misplaced agenda, seek only the kingdom of God, seek only the king. Seriously guard your righteousness and purity in life. Number five. And finally, all your provisions. Provisions are guaranteed. Matthew 6, verse 33. Verse 32, he says, For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And then verse 33, he says, All these things will be given to you. Whatever you want, he will give you. Whatever you need, I'm sorry, not what you want. Whenever my children come and ask me, when they were kids, ask me, Daddy, I need this. I will ask them one question. Is this your want or is this your need? Parents, please use, use this technique when, you, when your children ask you for something. Is this a want or is this a need? Wants will not be given, but needs will be met. My father has never let me going without meeting my needs. There were two shops in a street which were competing with each other. One day the manager of the first store came and put up a sign. You know what was the sign that he put up? He said, if you want it, we have it. If you want it, we have it. The manager of the second shop saw that and he put up another sign which read, if you don't have it, you don't need it. If you don't have it, you don't need it. That means if you don't find what you need, need in with us, that means you don't need that. My dear brothers, God will never let you go without meeting your needs. Whatever is your emotional need, your spiritual need, your physical need, He will meet because He's our Father. He knows us better than anyone else. Reflection questions. I've come to my the end of my sharing. Are we worrying too much? Or setting our eyes on God and trusting in Him? Are we setting our priorities right? I want you to take a picture of that and reflect when you go home. Are we setting our priorities right? 
Is our agenda in life is to live only for God's glory by being under his reign, control, and fulfilling his will. Is our agenda in life to, is to live a life of righteousness and holiness. My dear brothers, our God is so kind. Take this time. Take this, if any time, while you are, uh, you know, we all go through various difficulties in our lives. But we need to know that our God will meet our needs. Let me end with this moving story of a missionary. A missionary was getting ready to serve in a remote country, foreign country. As he was getting on to the ship, those many years ago when there were no aeroplanes, he was getting ready to get onto the ship. A wealthy friend of his came to him and gave him a sealed envelope. And he told him, Dear friend, take this sealed envelope with you. When you are serving on the mission field, if you come to a point when you have exhausted all your resources and there is no possibility of meeting your needs and you don't have anyone to turn to, open this envelope. This envelope will be of help to you. The missionary went and served on the mission field. For 20 years he served. After serving for 20 years, he came back to his hometown. And he went to meet the wealthy man. And he said to him like this, Never did I come to a place where I did not know where to turn to or what to do. My father in heaven met all my needs. He, were never, he never put me in a place when I lacked anything. My dear brothers, you may not trust me. You may not trust anyone in this church. You may not trust many people outside, your family members. But you can trust in your God, who is your father, who is your king, and who wants to be in control of everything in your life. And he will meet your needs. I talk with my own experience. That has been my journey. I'm ready to my go, go to my God anytime with the joy of serving him faithfully all these years because he has been faithful to me. He has never let me down. People ask me, you left a good job and became a missionary. Have you ever been disappointed? No! If I'm given another life to live, I will live as a missionary serving my God because he is a God who deserves my praises, glories. We live for his glory. He will guide us. He will govern us. Let's do his will. Keep trusting in him. You will never be disappointed. Let's pray. Our gracious heavenly father, we come before you, Lord, as people with lots of worries and concerns. But thank you for reminding us this morning that you are a God who takes care of all our worries. Thank you, Lord, because you know what we need. You watch over us. We know that you meet our needs. You clothe us. You feed us. You will never let us down. Lord, this morning, we want to set, right, set our eyes fixed on you. And we want to set right our relationship with you. We are not going to be worried. We know that you are our God, who is our King. And we want to live for your glory during the rest of this year and the coming years. You govern us. You control us. Whether we eat or drink or whatever we do, we'll live for your glory. We'll do everything for your glory, Lord. And we know that you will provide what we need. Thank you, Lord, for promising 
to meet all our needs during our lifetime. With that confidence, we want to go home praising you because of who you are. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you all glory and honor. And we ask this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand as we sing this another familiar song together.
Indeed, who we are today is because of who He is and what He has done for us. Thank you, Dr. Watson, for your message from the Lord. Thank you to our worship team, our worship band and accompanists. For some announcements to give you an opportunity to thank the Lord for His countless blessings throughout the past year. We have placed uh, New Year Thanksgiving envelopes in front of your pews. You may drop this at our offering boxes placed outside our worship hall before or after the worship service. Our New Year's retreat for our church co-workers will be held today, immediately after the worship service. We hope to inspire each other as we strive to serve the Lord together in the unity of spirit. Our speaker, our guest speaker, Dr. Watson, will be our speaker for our co-workers retreat. So we are requesting all co-workers to please immediately proceed to the second floor fellowship hall uh, after the service. We are inviting all NMEC members, co-workers, and attendees to join us for our church-wide prayer and fasting this February 6 to 10 with a culminating prayer rally on February 10, Friday at 8 p.m. via Zoom. As we come together corporately to fast and pray, may we expect to see revival not only in our lives, but also in our church, this 2023 and in the years to come. If you want to be part of a discipleship group or a small group, you can approach any of our pastoral team members, and we'll be glad to connect you to a group. If you need prayers, uh, please kindly remain at the worship hall, and there will be pastors who will be praying for you. Right now, we'd like to welcome any first-time visitors in our midst. Please rise to be recognized. Okay, welcome. Okay, uh, yeah, they are from PMI and from SIM, right? from SIM International and from PMI. So welcome, uh, Dr. G and the group. Thank you for worshiping with us this morning. Uh, if there are any other first-time visitors, please join us for a cup of coffee at the lobby after the service. Please rise for the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you and may He be gracious to you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.
Thank you for worshiping with us, both on-site and online. May the Lord bless your week. Remember, the best is yet to come. See you next week.